Happy Christmas Eve, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. Phil Wickham. Make sure you grab his Christmas album. And after Christmas is over, you know he's got a lot more to listen to. So get going on all of his stuff, philwickham.com. Okay, so we've done 12 days in a row. And we've learned some good lessons. Number one, it's been incredibly fun, and we hope to get to do it again next year. It's been so fun to hear which episodes resonated with you and what you thought. It's been great. We'll do a couple of things different next year, maybe have it a little earlier in December, and obviously different guests. But man, it has been fun. Thanks for being along with us on the ride. Let me tell you about the rest of the year on the podcast. Thursday, the day after Christmas, Santa is promised he'd bring his sleigh straight here to Downs Books headquarters to the That Sounds Fun podcast studio, and we get to sit and chat. So that should be the day after Christmas. And then on Monday, December 30th, Eddie Koffeltz is back recapping 2019 and really the whole decade. And that will be our only show next week. We will not have one on Thursday. And then we'll be back with you on the following Monday. So just as you're thinking about your life, that's where we will plug in with you. The Christmas Eve show has become really special to me as it's one of our more sentimental family shows. I kind of picture this one as the one that as everybody's getting finished for the day and or you're cooking in the kitchen, or you're driving home, that this is the one you listen to. And as you're getting ready to spend time with friends and family that you love, I have loved spending so much time with friends this December, and today it's with family. First up, my dad is going to read us, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were all nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. A mom in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cubit, on Donder and Blixen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys was flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples how merry, his cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and his beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, 
and the smoke had encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. He winked in his eye and twisted his head, soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprung to his sleigh to his team gave a whistle and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him explain ere he drove out of sight. Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. He's done that every year, every year of our lives. He has read that to us, and it is just so special to get to have him read it to all of you as well. Next up is my mom. Mom is going to read you Luke chapter 2, the story of Jesus's birth. Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told. It 
if you've never heard that story before, I'm so thankful that mom read it to us. I would suggest grabbing the U version of the Bible on your phone, the app, or pick up a Bible and read it in a couple of different translations. It's such a beautiful story. And really, as we finish up these 12 days of Christmas, I think you know this about me, but I want to say it um, very clearly today that, that the reason I celebrate Christmas is because Jesus was born. It may not be his exact birthday, we can't be totally sure, but we absolutely celebrate it as the day that hope came into the world, that Jesus came and changed everything for us. He changed everything for us. And that's why Christmas is worth celebrating me. I absolutely love the Hallmark movies and the recipes and the gifts and the decorating and the music. I love all of it. But at the center of this holiday for me is celebrating the one who changed my life the most. I want to read to you a story from the Jesus Storybook Bible written by Sally Lloyd-Jones. It's published by Zondervan. It is an absolutely incredible piece of work. I have one at my house. I have one at the office, and I have the audiobook on my phone at all times. And you know me. I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet, but I keep a Jesus Storybook Bible around me because it's just such an encouraging and beautiful piece of work. I wanted to read you the part about the birth of Jesus. It's called He's Here, the Nativity, from Luke 1 and 2. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help His people, just as He promised in the beginning. But how would He come? What would He be like? What would He do? Mountains would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. Trees would have clapped their hands, but the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking, in the darkness, he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer the God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around, the God who made the universe with just a word, the one who could do anything at all, was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. 
the baby that would change the world was born. His baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trowel as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's greatest gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because, of course, he had. Again, if you do not have a copy of the Jesus Storybook Bible, it is all that beautiful. (laughs) Make sure you grab a copy or, you know, 10. I give them as baby gifts. I give them all the time. So the Jesus Storybook Bible, again, by Sally Lloyd-Jones and published by Zondervan. That is it for our Christmas Eve show today, friends. I am so, so thankful to get to spend a couple of minutes with you today. Um, just remembering what this is all about and who this is all about. As for me, it would only be right that after this whole year of everyone else telling you a Christmas story that I get to do the same. So my name is Annie F. Downs. I'm the host of the That Sounds Fun podcast and author of a couple of books. And my favorite Christmas memory goes back to when I was probably in my elementary school age And we were decorating for Christmas, my mom, my dad, my sisters, and I. And for some reason, I feel like it was on the radio, Feliz Navidad started to play, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs. And we all, probably maybe for the only time I can remember in my life, we all just started dancing as we were decorating the tree. And that has just stood out to me in my memory. For some reason, it was just incredibly fun. Such a fun memory. I love the traditions around Christmas. I love that tomorrow morning in our house, we'll be eating sausage cheese balls and monkey bread and eggs because my dad insists on eggs every morning. Tonight for Christmas Eve, our whole family will go to church together. Cousins, aunts, uncles, all the people, we will all go to church together. And then we will head straight to the fanciest restaurant we know, the Waffle House. And it is one of my, truly one of my favorite things we do at Christmas is go together to the Waffle House. So that's my story. And we have got a lot more for you to hear today from our friends that are guests all through 2019. I'm so thankful they all told us a Christmas story. So for the rest of the show, as we listen out, you'll get to hear a bunch, bunch, bunch of amazing, sweet, hilarious Christmas stories. So I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you today. And I will do the same. And we will see you back here on Thursday with Santa Claus. Merry Christmas, friends. Hi, I'm Ben Rector. And my favorite Christmas memory, I think more than I remember a specific Christmas like when I was 12, I just remember the general feeling and rhythm of having Christmas with my family when I was growing up, and it was wonderful and kind of hilarious now that I'm older. We would get together, and I'd say we'd get together, we lived together. (laughs) We ate one night essentially cheese-based hors d'oeuvres, which is so hilarious in Oklahoma (laughs) of us. Uh, my brothers-in-law totally make fun of my family because of how much we love cheese. Do you still do it? Do you still do a cheese-based Not really. Christmas night? Okay. The thing was, it was never explicitly like, these are cheese-based hors d'oeuvres. But if you back up and look at what most of them were, it was like <laughs> Velveeta with Rotel. In oh, it. yeah. That was oh, a yeah. staple. We ate Little Smokies soaked totally. in, I guess, barbecue sauce. Yep. Is that? Um, we had like little sausage balls that were like cheese and flour and sausage. Yep. 
we had actual cheese, I think, um, <laughs> in solid form. Like some sort of spinach artichoke dip? Yeah, we did have that, actually. Yeah. You know what's up. Where did you Where did you grow up? Georgia. Okay, yeah, you get it. So same, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but so we would do that. I also remember, this is funny, trying to figure out how to like do life with a different person. So Hillary really loves the idea of like uh, communal things and like, let's go to church. And I've almost never done this, but we spent our first Christmas in Nashville this year because uh, we have Jane. We didn't want to like fly somewhere. And we're also like, oh, it's time to maybe make our own traditions. She was like, okay, what if we went to Christmas at Christmas Eve? And I was like, no, I'm not going. Like no church on Christmas Eve. And I was also just like, I hate to say this, but I'm just going to throw this out there. I will never go to church on Christmas Eve. (laughs) And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, you know, because all growing up, we went to like the midnight Christmas Eve service Uh and I hated it. I was always just like, it was this wonderful, like we've eaten all the cheese and we've uh, just sitting around and we're like, have a fire. And then it was like, put on your khakis. Put on clothes, yeah. We're going to church. And I was just like, (laughs) it was like maybe the only time I've ever done this. I was like, I'm a grown up now and I'm not going to do that. It was also funny because I always remember that being interrupted, like the kind of like fun family time being like, all right, put on your leather shoes and (laughs) pleated khakis because we're going to church. And I was always like, gosh. Um, So now uh, I feel bad. Strong stance 2019. Yeah. And and realistically, I feel like neither one of us exercises like a strong veto very much. But on that, I was just like, you know what? I'm an adult. I'm not going to go to, I'm not going to go. I was like, you can go if you want. I would love for you if that's important to you, but I was just like, I just can't do it. Yeah. Just cannot do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the Christmas morning, I was, I'm much younger than my two sisters. So it was funny because I oh, was Oh, I didn't always, know that. They're way older? Yeah. They're oh, okay. seven and 10 years older than me. Oh, I, was like, I didn't know that. I was like, definitely surprised. I didn't, I also didn't know that was like a funny thing. Yeah. People would joke in elementary school, like, oh, you were an accident. And I was like, oh, I totally was. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, but so they were like, you know, real kids and I'm like four years old up at like 5am, like, let's go downstairs. And so I remember I wanted to go downstairs so much and my parents would go down and, you know, do stuff, set stuff up. Then they would be like, okay, you can come downstairs. And I vividly remember, I don't know if this would be an Enneagram one thing or not, but I would want to see if I could like hold off on going straight to the presence and I would run around the staircase like twice and not look at it. And then I would be like, okay, I did it. Now I'm gonna go look at the presence. Ben. Which is so weird. That's, That's so, so brilliant. <laughs> but I remember being like, I'm gonna wait just a little longer. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, but so I remember that. And then we would open those gifts and just have a great day. Hey, I'm Elizabeth Hasselbeck, author of Point of View. My favorite Christmas story when I was a child is when I came out and I remember like nearly tripping on my nightgown on the third floor of a, a house that we lived on. And we lived on the third floor. My aunt and uncle lived on the second. My great-grandmother lived on the first and mm. made jellies in the basement. And um, that Christmas I walked out and I just saw an easel. And like, I only thought like real artists got easels. Oh. And there was an easel in our living room. Like not even, it just had a big bow on it. And I was like, wow, someone thinks I must be really good at this drawing and painting thing. And I was oh a little gosh. girl. And it was something that, I think even now I really love an easel and I I love to draw and I love to paint, but somebody just knew that that would be a passion of mine. And to walk out and see that gift, I just remember it being so young um, and feeling like, wow, somebody knows that I love this this much and they think that I could be that good. This is 
awesome. Um, and so that was a ball. And then now as a mom, I just love every single Christmas morning. I love the awe of it. I love the smell of it. I love everybody in their PJs and just sitting together and sharing a time. Um, and it's about the presence. And I'm, I think that's okay when it is about the presence in that moment because I think there's a practice response to receiving. Mm. And I think when you practice receiving since you were little, I think if when you can receive well, then when it comes time in their little hearts to understand the great gift that Jesus gave us, man, you're good at receiving a gift, you know, like, it, and God wants you to unwrap it just like that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I just love watching the kids every year grow, but have that same little itty bitty three-year-old, four-year-old joy, no matter how old they are. Um, and then having, cracking open a can of cinnamon rolls and making those. Hi, my name is Liz Forkin Bohannon, and I'm the author of Beginner's Pluck. And one of my favorite recent Christmas memories was um, my friends and I do this Advent giving challenge um, where we each kind of have a day of Advent where we are thinking about how we can intentionally give and bless others with our generosity. And then we gather together as a community and kind of get to share those stories of just God's faithfulness and what happens when we um, have eyes to see. And so I, it was not my day and, um, I was with my husband and it was late at night and we were going to watch a movie and we didn't have any cookie dough, which was a huge problem for me. And so I ran to target really quickly and, um, I was in line buying cookie dough and the gal in front of me was like taking so much time and it was like taking forever. And I was just super annoyed because I was like, okay, you know, it's already like 9 PM and I just want to eat cookie dough and go watch a movie. And my heart was just pretty frustrated. And, um, and I'm not paying attention to what's happening, but the line is not moving. And I finally get this sense that God wanted me to clue in and, and actually listen. And so I perked up and stopped angry texting my husband about how long this was taking. And I noticed that there was a woman in front of me and she was with a man and um, they had a cart full of diapers and baby stuff. And they were attempting to pay for it with like, you know, the, the kind of state sponsored debit card and it wasn't working. And all of a sudden it just like the whole world cracked open. And I said, I, Hey, is there any way, can I just, can I just grab this for you? And I'm thinking about our, you know, our advent challenge. And I've got a hundred dollars. That's literally like burning a hole in it in my pocket. Not literally because it's not cash because it's 2019. But, and, um, so I pay for her stuff and then we get into conversation afterwards and, um, she's like so sweet and amazing. And it's literally right before Christmas. And, um, I asked her what her name is and she tells me it's Mary. And I just mm. literally, uh, felt oh like the whole weight of like the story of how much God loves us in his um, coming to us in the form of this like helpless baby. And this mom who didn't know where she was going to have her child um, felt like this is it. This is the whole spirit of this is this is why in our calendar we create this space to be reminded of um, the story that we believe in and that um, brings us home. I'm Charles Martin. I'm the author of uh, 13 or 14 novels, most recently a nonfiction book called What If It's True? My favorite Christmas story, I think, uh, 1992, around December the 23rd, I had fallen in love with this girl named Christy. We dated about four years through college, okay. and I had graduated, and she was soon to graduate, and I wanted, I wanted to ask her to marry me. And uh, I had gone and met with her father the day before and sat down in his 
he was CEO of a company, so I was up on the top floor. Oh my and gosh. It was, just, I was so scared. <laughs> anyway, he said, yeah. When I asked him, he said yes and teared up. And I knew that was probably a good sign. And he said, well, when are you going to do this? And I said, well, I'd like to do it tomorrow night at your house because Christy and I have so many friends. I knew the moment I asked her, we would be on the phone for like three weeks. And, right. and then, so I said, tomorrow night at your house. And he said, okay. And I knew he could keep a secret for a day. So I bought the ring and I, I had some time. I went to the beach and I'm walking on the beach. I'm like, Lord, if this is not your will, I need to know it. Like, I, I want to know. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to take care of this girl. I don't know how I'm going to provide nothing. And as I'm standing there, there are all these seagulls on the beach and they're all lined up into the wind. And every now and then, I notice the seagulls are faced into the wind and every few minutes they'll kind of pounce and gather in a group and I notice they're eating something. And then something hits me in the head and I look up and there is one seagull that leaves the flock to go to a palm tree and I watch him do it. He goes to a palm tree, pulls off berries, comes back, drops it and he feeds. And I was like, all right, Lord, if you'll, mm. I, guess, I guess you'll feed us. Because I was worried, like, how am I going to take care of this girl? Right. And... Um, He's been faithful. He's been like he he's allowed me to do what I love. You know, so I go to this. I go to the house and I'm scared. And I should have probably been wearing an adult diaper. And <laughs> anyway, I asked Christy in front of her whole family and on Christmas Eve. On, well, was, yeah, the eve of Christmas Eve, okay. the twenty third, and she said yes. And our, all of her family was there. And then we went and met my family. So we didn't have to call. Everybody was there. Yeah, and it was just a fun, beautiful moment with all of us. Yeah. And, um, it was a sweet moment with my family, but it was also a sweet moment with the Lord. Just, I got it. I mean, he's saying to us, I got it. I'm Lisa Jo Baker, the author of The Middle Matters, Why That Extraordinary Life Looks Really Good on You, and my favorite Christmas memory. Now, for context, I'm from South Africa, so all my Christmases are there. So a few things are different. It's always very, very hot. Oh, Christmas sure. is a season of sunburn, where I'm from. Oh, right. <laughs> Even though they play I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas in all the malls. Right. My poor Michigan husband was so depressed when he spent <laughs> Christmases in South Africa. But my favorite memory is how the trees growing up, the pine trees, instead of having lights strung on on the, can on the trees, we'd have candles, live candles. Oh, wow. They're these little candle holders that you clip onto the branches of the tree, and then you light the candles. And my American husband was so horrified. He said, but what happens? Like, isn't that like a safety issue? Yeah. A safety hazard? And I said, no, I mean, it's every now and again, a branch starts to smolder. Sure. But then you just readjust <laughs> the candle. And he looked at me like I had horns growing like out of my head. Like y'all leave that all Christmas morning? I mean, while people are in the room, yes. so not overnight, but yes. And then, every, I mean, totally the smell of a burnt Christmas tree just was part of Christmas. You oh just readjust. Gosh. Why is that a big deal? And he looked at me like I was insane. It's insane. And it's just like totally normal. I mean, every year and then the candles are melted down in the little holder and a smolder and wax strips all over the floor and the presents if you're underneath it. But I mean, that is Christmas to me, the sort of singed smell of a Christmas tree. Oh my gosh, that is a great story. But also we, so you said Christmas morning, we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. So um, the can that's why candles. So the tree has the candles yeah, lit on Christmas Eve. It. Christmas Eve is for presents. Okay. And then Christmas morning, everybody goes to church. So it's not, you're not home on, you're doing presents. It's always like Christmas Eve is always my experience of Christmas. It feels like it's a night thing. Like Christmas feels more magical when there are candles and yeah. lights on in the evening. Yeah. And so that's one of my biggest memories of Christmas, burning candles on the Christmas tree, Christmas Eve. It. Hi, this is Melissa D. Arabian. My book is Tasting Grace. And my favorite Christmas memory 
is our annual mother-daughter holiday tea. And it started out when I was five. My mom was a college student, um, a single college student with two two girls, uh, my sister Stacy and me, and we had no money. And she still thought it would be a fun idea to invite all of our girlfriends over um, and her girlfriends from college. And um, she wanted us to sit around the piano and play Christmas songs and eat Christmas cookies. And we made garlands out of popcorn and thread. Um, Really simple, really simple party. But that's where I fell in love with entertaining and the joy of having people in my home. And that's where I learned that it's about the people more than the menu. So we, we made that a tradition. And I did that all up until my mom died when I was 20. And then when I had four daughters, we revived the tradition. So to this day, we still have every year our annual mother-daughter holiday tea. Um, we do more than just Christmas cookies. We do a lot of food, but it's my four daughters' favorite day of the year. And I owe that all to that one day when I was five and my mom invited my friends over. Hey everybody, my name is Ben Higgins and my favorite Christmas memory is sledding down the back hill at my grandpa's house in Warsaw, Indiana and believing that hill was so big and so dangerous as a five-year-old and now looking at today on these Christmases and realizing that it was not that big. Hey, this is Jen Jet Barrett and I am the founder of Camp Well Summit in Colorado And I would say my favorite Christmas memory or story are the new ones I'm making with my husband of, I guess, this Christmas. We will have been married a year and a half. Christmas was always hard as a family growing up. Um, There was a lot of tension around Christmas and stress around Christmas. And so most of my Christmases were really hard. And I would say that my favorite memories are the last few that I've made with Rhett. And as a teacher, he's off for two weeks around Christmas. So we get to do a lot of traveling at Christmas time. And so that's been really fun and good and restoring for me. Hey, we're Mac and Meredith Brock, and this is our favorite Christmas memory. Um, I think it was just this last year when we got our kids a puppy. And it was like the most fun thing ever. It was like all those um, Hallmark movies tied up in a in a yeah. big bow with an adorable um, brindle really well. uh, French bulldog. I mean, it was like the best thing ever. The kids oh. came in. It was on the it was on the coffee table. He, it had a bow on top of it. <laughs> it was adorable. It, it was, was awesome. So Asking our elf on the shelf every for, night like, for, for, for like every single night. Yeah. Yeah. No. So oh it, was, my gosh. it was perfect. It really was perfect. It was like all that all your Christmas dreams come. Did true. they scream? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was super fun. But that was my favorite Christmas memory. But we do have a least favorite Christmas memory yeah, that I've happened got, the same year. Same year, same Christmas, most terrifying Christmas memory. Yes, nightmare status. Yeah, we, the we, same year. Yes, same year. So we woke up Christmas morning, had all our presents. It was amazing. All the kids, you know, a new dog. Kids yes. were there. We had a dog, and it was just so Christmas music playing. Christmas music playing at the fireplace going, and we looked out in our backyard, and our yard kind of like overlooks like a big backyard with like a fence around it and all these deer had come over into our yard like seven of them so we we kind of went outside it felt nice outside so we went outside and we're kind of like talking to the deer and cyrus is like oh they're so cute i just want to you know pet them and snuggle them 
it was just like a really like all your Christmas, like Thomas Kincaid painting. Yeah, like, it's beautiful. Very precious. And then shortly after that, all the deer started hopping over our fence to leave. And the last one tried to hop over our fence and he impaled himself. Because <gasps> we have an iron, iron pointed fence. And so my kids oh. are watching this deer and it no. starts screaming and it no. starts bleeding out. It was terrible. And so I had to send the kids to their room and <laughs> on the way our back of our house is like all open windows. So it's you all can't glass. like not look at it. Yeah. And didn't know if I needed to get our gun and like go down and shoot oh, it. But we live in the neighborhood. It's, it's not. So yeah, so that, it was like that for a while. That poor deer just launched himself right onto the stabby. Yes. Yep. yep. That's right. And that's exactly oh, what happened. Lord. Yeah. And finally got in touch with like an animal control that wasn't closed on Christmas at eight o'clock on Christmas morning. Right. And uh, everybody's home with their kids. Get him to come and take care of it. And, yeah, it was pretty brutal. It was awful. So you didn't have to take care of it. No, no. We, we came really close. I just couldn't bring myself to shoot a gun in our neighborhood. Right. Because <laughs> like you could like, go to jail. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to get arrested on yeah. Christmas morning. <laughs> it was very traumatizing, like hour and a half of events. My neighbor came over and we were both like, oh, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. it was. Did y'all like walk down there, like oh, walk yeah. down close to it? Well, I thought it had died eventually because it was like, wasn't moving. And I walked down and I was going to try to like, take it off the fence on a tarp. But as soon as I got down there, it started freaking out. and Which made it worse. Yeah, it was. It oh, only sure. made things worse when it started kicking and screaming. It was an unpleasant memory. Christmas morning memory. Yeah. <laughs> it really was so traumatizing. <laughs> so oh my gosh. It was so For all the kids to be watching, like, oh, yeah, I know, right? You're leaping through the, Oh, yeah. no. And then we were like, go to your rooms, go to your rooms, go to your rooms. Cover your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was terrible. brilliant. It was terrible. And then, and then we left them in their rooms for an hour and yeah, a half like while we hour. tried to figure out what yeah. to do with the deer on yeah. Christmas morning. And then oh. when the deer, when we finally got rid of it, I think both of us were shaking so yeah. bad from the experience. It was like, can we recover from this day? <laughs> I mean, on our fence still is like deer hair. There's a tuft. Like a big a tuft of hair and like just kind of blood. It's like everywhere. Oh, still. My God. Yeah. There's shrapnel. There's still shrapnel. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Wow. Deer shrapnel. It's a terrible story. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> yep. Merry Christmas. Yep. <laughs> Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Minter, and I wrote a Bible study called Finding God Faithful, which is a study on the life of Joseph. And I also wrote a cookbook called A Place at the Table, which I'm super excited about. And my favorite Christmas memory is, uh, well, oddly enough, cooking together as a family on Christmas Eve. So for the longest time, we have been doing uh, homemade pizzas on Christmas Eve, which doesn't feel very Christmassy, but it is so fun because after the Christmas Eve service um, that my dad, would he'd been preaching at him for over 40 years, we all go back to the house and uh, we all bring all of our favorite ingredients. My mom's already gotten a lot of the dough ready, and then we just start making pizzas. And then usually we've got something like Elf on or White Christmas or something going on in the background, and then we eat pizzas until we can't eat any more and then we wake up on Christmas Day and it's a lot of fun. My name is Ruth Jo Simons. I am the author of Beholding and Becoming, The Art of Everyday Worship and the founder of Gracelace.com. My favorite childhood Christmas memory is when I was young, we would on Christmas Eve always go to a church family's 
um, home. They would open their home up. They lived downtown, and they would let anybody come, just friends, family, anyone coming, um, walking in the neighborhood. And they lived in downtown area, where? Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. And they um, lived in an area where it was pretty expected for everybody to do luminarias. And luminarias is um, where you get paper bag. It's a, uh-huh. a Hispanic tr- tradition. Paper bag, put sand in it, a little candle in it, and you line your entire driveway with these little yeah. luminaries, right? And so you light them, and at night they just glow. And so there would be entire tours of neighborhoods that are completely lit. There, You know, in um, the Southwest, it's Pueblo-style homes, sure. so flat roofs. Um that was already beautiful, but the most beautiful part of it was that we would stay up really late and everybody would bring food over. And, you know, that's where I got was introduced to five layer dip. Yeah. Um, you know, endless chips and salsa, all all the all the the goodies and snacks. But I think what I realized at a really young age is that you literally do not have to have the fanciest food, but on Christmas Eve, if you open your home, people won't want to leave. And the memories that are built there, the stories that are told there, the the hospitality and the the what you what you share on Christmas Eve and the stories that you tell usually don't get told other times. And so, um, when you set out nativity scenes here, there, and everywhere, regardless, eventually that conversation will point to. Jesus. That conversation yeah. will point to why are we even hanging out tonight? And um, and so one of the things that I've always loved when I remember that is that um, as tired as I feel, because we all feel kind of tired at Christmas, we just get kind of tired and we're excited, but Target's had their things out for a really long time. So now we're like, right. I've already seen all that. My right. tree's already done. And by Christmas Eve, you can be a little worn out. But even on that night to just be like, keep the doors open, just yeah. have people over. And um, you never know if you have got an immigrant family that doesn't have family in town that will always remember that forever and ever, yeah. that there was a home to go to on Christmas Eve. Hey, guys. We are Sean and... Andrew. East. <laughs> um, my favorite Christmas memory was probably this past Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was the first time my husband got signed to the NFL. And it was the first Christmas we got to spend just us two kind of looking at life and enjoying just everything that God had blessed us with. And we got to stay in Nashville. We made cookies and Mm. made ice cream cookie sandwiches. That was about it. Yeah. They were delicious. I'm going to bring it back a little bit. My favorite Christmas memory is when I was 13 years old, I did Christmas with all my cousins in Michigan. We built literally an underground snow tunnel and had the most epic snowball fight. It was awesome. How do you build an underground snow tunnel? The snow was so deep. But doesn't it doesn't collapse on you? You can just build tunnels through it. We're future. We're Georgia. future engineers. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess so you need to go to Bandy, being a civil engineer. <laughs> we figured it out. So <laughs> that's amazing. How many days does a tunnel like that last? Is it a one day experience? So the sun came out the next day, and everything Brutal. everything fell apart. Yeah. But, but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Amanda Lindsay Cook, and I have an album out called House on a Hill. And in order to serve this moment, it's called Christmas House on a Snowy Hill. And my favorite, one of my favorite Christmas memories, actually tying this into the Enneagram because it helped me understand, it helped me understand young Amanda Lindsay on Christmas morning. Um, It's something I've never lived down in my family. One of my biggest dreams as as a child was to scan food at a grocery store 
It's it's a dream that has now come true because at Target they have self checkout. Yeah, except that it always I always end up putting something not in the bagging area, and then and it's someone called the attendant. Yeah, like, really, I just said it. Oh it really gosh. ruins my vibe. I know, I know. <laughs> but my dream was definitely to do. I just loved it. I loved I loved the sounds. It made all yeah. the things and so my parents oh they were so they're so good with gifts they are such good gift givers and they um bought me this like fisher price market thing it oh, had yeah. it had the runway for the I food know it. yeah and, <laughs> it's not called a conveyor belt not a <laughs> runway <laughs> like but planes also. <laughs> planes are gonna all the food's coming in yeah. for a landing um anyways i got it i was Beside myself. How old were you? Um, probably like thirteen at the time. Yeah, <laughs> Just <I'm kidding>. like <laughs> fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> uh, probably like five, maybe okay. at the time. There's a there's a family home video about yeah. this, which is why I can't live things down. Um, but I am so inwardly overwhelmed at this gift because I'm about to live out my biggest dream, yeah. which is to work at Penner Foods in Steinbach, right. Manitoba, right. and. Everyone's getting excited with the excitement. And I I feel like with excitement, sometimes I just tend to shut down. Okay. That's my version of excitement. Okay. <laughs> Rather than like, ah, it right. goes, it's all, that's all happening Fight or flight, inside. Sort of. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I like, I kind of turn into like a, I don't know, a gargoyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm inwardly excited. I'm overwhelmed. I'm beside myself. And there's only four of us in okay. our family. Keeping in mind, my parents, my brother, and me. That's it. And my brother starts to, like, come join the fun, the excitement of, like, setting this whole thing up and scanning food. And my dad, like, as a father would on Christmas morning, comes in to, like, help set it up and all that stuff. And I say to the two people around me, everybody's crowding me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you say as, like, a five-year-old. As, like, a five-year-old. I'm like, I need some space. To process the it's emotions. It's Oh, it's on video, it's my friend. so sweet. It's so good. Um, That is a favorite Christmas memory. Also, a favorite Christmas memory is that my family, my dad would set up a video camera every year uh-huh. for us to open presents. Yep. And it became this like almost this show to ourselves because oh, we didn't sure. have, we didn't have like, we're not the Kardashians, you know right. what I mean? We didn't have like a show, sure. um, but we had a show for ourselves. We were very um, entertained by it. And <laughs> what happens, we went back and, and watched um, a lot of the, the tapings. It's one of my favorite Christmas traditions now is to uh-huh. watch the old ones. And usually it's the kids opening the presents. Everyone's excited. This is wonderful. We're having such a good time. My mom is opening her presents. It's so lovely. And then all of a sudden, all the family leaves the room, and it's my dad <laughs> sitting by himself <laughs> opening <laughs> presents. <laughs> On video, the on whole thing, video, just by himself. in front of the camera, <laughs> <laughs> and you're showing the camera, yeah, because y'all all left. Because we're all like, oh, "Wow, this is amazing! Christmas, it's time for lunch. Love it, love you, Dad. Thanks." And he's just sitting there doing a monologue about the book oh, of the flood gosh. of '97 in Manitoba. Oh my god! And I would just like to thank my family. You could hear us like in the back. <laughs> He's like <laughs> expressing his gratitude on camera for oh no one gosh. in particular. It's so good. He's such a good sport. Yeah, he's such a good sport. That's a good one. Well That's done. That's a good memory.
My name is Margaret Feinberg, and I am author of Taste and See, Discovering God Among Butchers, Bakers, and Fresh Food Makers, both a book and the six-session DVD Bible study. And one of my absolute favorite memories from Christmas, well, actually all of them rotated around food. Maybe that's not surprising <laughs> at all. But I remember it was always at Christmas that my mom would get this big white bowl, and she would open up canned black olives, and I would pull them out and put them on each of my fingers and I would dance them like puppets. And it was the one time of year when I could play with my food in wild fashion and it was appreciated and adored at the table. But the other thing that I always looked forward to at Christmas was it was the only time of year, and please do not judge my parents for this, okay? No judgment zone. No judgment zone. But only at Christmas, I would get at the end of the night a scoop of white vanilla ice cream, usually Briars, and my mom would pour about a tablespoon of cream de menthe on top of it. And it would just, it would kind of cause the, the ice crystals on the ice cream, and I would crunch into that minty sweetness, and it was, it's still to this day, one of my favorite memories from Christmas. Hi, I'm Lisa Turkhurst, author of It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. And one of my favorite Christmas memories is when um, my girls were little. We didn't have our boys yet, so we had three little girls. And I kept thinking, I want to invite Christ into Christmas. I really want to do it. Like, I don't want to just say I do it. I really, really want to do it. And so I tried to sit them all down and do devotions, and this one hit that one, sure. and it was just like disastrous, you know. <laughs> and then it evoked that mom guilt, and so I was like, okay, we got to do something different. So um, my husband and I were talking about it, and, and uh, one of us came up with the idea, on Christmas morning, let's put a box in the middle of the table, and let's each write on a piece of paper our gift to Jesus for his birthday mm, that year. Yeah. And we'll go around the Christmas table and we'll each light a candle when we say our gift. And we'll do that before we open up gifts or do anything else. And it'll just be a really, really special time of giving gifts to Jesus on his birthday. So I thought long and hard about my gift, told my girls, think about your gift, you know, and then Art was thinking about his. And so it was going to be just this wonderful, epic, keeping Christ in Christmas sure. moment for our family. So that morning, Christmas morning, Art decides he would go first. So he stands up and he said, here's my gift to Jesus this year. And he had his little piece of paper. He's going to put it in the box. For the next 365 days, I'm going to look for one person every day to give a little bit of my time, money, or uh, encouragement to. Mm. And I'm going to meet that need in Jesus's name so that I will know by the next Christmas, 365 people will, will have been touched by the love of Jesus oh in my life. What? So like, that's his gift to Jesus, like mm -hmm. epic, beautiful, amazing. And I am sitting there dying because my <laughs> gift was going to be that I wasn't going to yell at my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like... Having a gift crisis moment. Because it's already written down. So it's already written down. Oh but you gosh. know what I did? I just folded my piece of paper in half and looked at Art and I said, no way. That is my gift too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm giving to Jesus. And then my girls, they all followed suit. Like, oh, yeah. me too, me too, me too. But Annie, it became the most precious, amazing year. 
every day. Did y'all do it? We did it every day. And it became such a fun connection point for us. Like we would gather up at night and we would have something to talk about the person in our day that we gave a little bit of our time, a little bit of our money, a little bit of our encouragement to. And every single day there was someone for each of us. There was never a day where we're like, yeah, nobody really needed any of that for me today. Right, right. And it's almost like when we expect God to show up, we watch for him in a different way, and he is always showing up, and he always is bringing people across our path that that need that. And it was beautiful and amazing, and it changed our lives forever. One of my absolute best Christmas memories. Hi, my name is Matthew Sleeth, and I'm the author of Reforesting Faith. And my favorite Christmas memory uh, comes from a time when I was an emergency room doctor, And we were working Christmas Eve, and it was snowing outside. This is in Maine. And we were whining and complaining and moaning. The the nurses and the docs were just uh, whining. And this woman came in and asked to speak to me. And she had her her son with her, who was uh, 13. And uh, she came in, and I had seen her son. And... Uh, he'd had a brain bleed, and I kind of went way out there to try to save him, and he was saved. He ended up being uh, the poster boy for head injuries in the state of Maine that year. Um, but she came by and said, uh, you know, I lost my husband, um, and uh, I'm, I'm a widow, but you saved my son. And I came in here Christmas Eve to thank you and everybody else. And can I hug you? And she hugged me and everything. She walked out, and one of the nurses turned to me and said, it's a wonderful life. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) That's my Christmas Eve story. Hi there. I'm Emily P. Freeman. I'm the author of The Next Right Thing book and host of The Next Right Thing podcast. One of my favorite Christmas memories was my grandma Moreland, who loved Christmas more than anything. Years later, when I was grown up, I learned that she would buy us gifts that she really couldn't afford. But as a child, it was magical. One thing I remember always was going to her house in Columbus, Indiana. It's always snowy at Christmas time. And what would welcome us at the front door that at the time I thought was completely normal was was this giant stuffed Santa Claus. And it was like kind of like a balloon, but not really filled with air. Instead, she would have to stuff it with newspaper. And this creepy, weird Santa would sit on her porch and welcome us to her house. I mean, he wouldn't welcome us like he couldn't speak. (laughs) (laughs) This is an insane story. But he would sit on a porch and it was like, oh, it must be Christmas because there's the newspaper stuffed Santa Claus. (laughs) And then we would go, it's Merry Christmas. And here's the thing. Here's the other thing about it. Listen, Christmas is a lovely time. There's Advent, there's Jesus, there's the manger. It's such a beautiful time in our spiritual lives. But as a child, Grandma Moreland loved Christmas. But let me tell you what else she would do. She had our names on all of our stockings, but she had them like listed like my name, E-M-I-L-Y. So my stocking was as long as my name. Well, guess what my sister's name is? It's Myquillen. Right. Her name is spelled M-Y-Q-U-I-L-L-Y-N. And so guess how long her stocking was? Oh, it just has to be. Did it get filled all the way? Yes. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I bet Mike loved that. <laughs> hey, I'm Jeremy Courtney, author of Love Anyway. I lead an organization called Preemptive Love. And one of my favorite Christmas stories took place in the days leading up to 
Christmas 2016, uh, the city of Aleppo in Syria had had been at war, at conflict for a number of years, and um, news started breaking that the city was falling back into government control. And it, it was a humanitarian disaster, but we were able to be there on the front lines responding. And it was amazing to see the global community, really for us led by the global church, rallying in the spirit of Christmas, in the spirit of incarnation, in the spirit of self-sacrifice and love to serve the people of Syria. It, it was just profound to watch us uh, as, a, as a globe, to watch the church as a people really live out the thing that we were supposed to be celebrating in those days leading up to Christmas, that, that we exist for everyone, that, that, that incarnation would mean we should move toward the pain, that w- would mean we don't just preach values of grace and love, but we embody it for all that it's worth, and that we would even come into a place to give our lives away, that we would even be born to die so that others would live. It was a profound thing to watch millions and millions and millions of dollars pour in because we saw our shared humanity together, though separated by faith, by ethnicity, by an ocean in many cases. And it was truly one of the most inspiring, profound things I've seen in my entire life to see us live out the story, to live out the thing that we say we believe. And um, I guess I could just long that every Christmas would be so rich. Okay, so I'm Heather Avis. I am the author of Scoot Over and Make Some Room. And my favorite Christmas story, so when my oldest daughter first came home, she's adopted. Um, She came home at three months old. And in the last, the end of October, and on December 1st, she had open heart surgery. And um, she was on oxygen 24 seven. And so that meant, and we were doing Christmas at my parents' house. They live up in the mountains. It's dreamy, like snow stockings over the fireplace, fire in the fireplace, just dreamville. And because my daughter was on oxygen, we couldn't have a fire in the fireplace. Um, not safe. (laughs) And so we, I felt conflicted about this with the whole family being together and it's our first Christmas as parents. We're brand new parents. It's her baby's first Christmas. And so we go up to my parents' house and everyone, of course, is like, it's not a big deal. Don't even worry about it. And instead on the TV, we put that Yule Fire oh, Yeah, channel. I use it every day in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so we had the big fire on the TV and our sweet little girl um, with her oxygen and the family together. And it was just such a sweet such a sweet little memory of, of getting to be parents, like our first Christmas as parents, but also seeing our whole family embrace everything about our daughter in such a beautiful way. We're Ken and Anita Corsini from Flipper Flop Atlanta. And quite possibly the best Christmas memory now is when Ken surprised the kids and me with a live pet <laughs> hamster. Wait, you surprised Anita too. Yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> I'm amazed that you're saying this is your best memory. It's not my best memory. It's just hilarious. Thinking back, it was not hilarious that morning. No. I mean, it was like a 
steam coming out of her ears. Time out. <laughs> if you're bringing a rodent in the house, you oh both gosh. have to discuss it. Yes. And Lesson learned. No more rodents without Anita's permission. How old were the kids? This was like two years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh, kids. Oh, this was recent. No, this yes. was recent. Re- yes. I went to PetSmart. I was all excited. I'm going to get a hamster. He wanted to surprise the kids. Oh, oh and yeah. And so I mean, I bought him the whole rig. Like all the tunnels. Oh. I invested like 150 <laughs> bucks in this dumb thing. And like the kids are ecstatic. They've got this. And Anita literally ruined Christmas. She's got. I was She's so fuming mad. the whole just, day. She was just You just fuming. discuss before you bring a hamster yeah. or a rodent in the yeah. house and make sure you're both on the same page. Yeah. And he, bless his heart. Ken is so good at the holidays and he just wanted to surprise them. So. It went over, I mean, fantastic with the kids. Yeah. Like but, best dad ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing yeah. home a hamster. Yeah. Right. Anita, not so much. <laughs> Lots of sucking up. He he really is best dad ever. Hashtag best dad ever. Yeah, Yeah, I have to agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) I have to agree with you. He hasn't changed. Luckily for her, the hamster ended up living about two weeks. Oh my gosh, really? I mean, the kids forgot to give it water. I was not helping take care of the hamster. She's like hands off. Responsibility, folks, learn it. He dehydrated. I think so. We think that's right. We're 100% sure was dead after two weeks. The kids were like, "That was cool, Dad." No, I was like, "Let's get another one." I've spent $100 on this cage. Let's go get uh, another one. And it is like, not a chance. It's still, I should, it's in my garage. The cage. Two years later, the cage. Thinking that at some point, we'll get another hamster. Yeah. Not at happen. some point, the kids will get older and they mm-hmm. will actually, no. No hamsters. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no She's no. put the kibosh on that. Yeah. No hamsters in the house. Uh, we, we don't need a hamster. We have is. a bazillion other animals. That's yeah, true. No, no hamster needed. No hamster. And you got a lot of outside. They can see squirrels all those much. Oh, they, they can. Yeah. You know what? Knock your socks off. Yeah. The cat's. Bring the dead chipmunks to the door, there whatever. You there you go. Can, yeah. I mean, come on. But it um, made for a good Christmas memory. Oh, no yeah. kidding. Now. Well, yeah. not the day of. <laughs> this many years yeah. later. And I would say our other favorite Christmas memory, or mine is, would be when we were first married. We didn't have any money to yeah. decorate for Christmas, and we didn't have anything to go on the top of our tree. So we took a picture of our cat and cut it out uh-huh. and put it at the top of the tree and I still have it and I put it on our tree every oh year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Printed out a picture of our first cat. This is my college cat actually. Yeah. I was about to say, yes. you had a cat in college. Same it cat. was that cat. Yeah, it was that cat. Yeah. yeah. See, Annie, nothing's changed yeah, after all these right. years. I still love pins. You know my, yeah. what my favorite memory of you is? Or, well, oh, I'm not ready. necessarily favorite, but I remember this was like, you were so generous. So we had like a weather and climate class together uh-huh. with some sciencey class. Yep. And I can't remember how many years behind me you were. You were three maybe yeah. mm-hmm. or something. So it was my birthday uh-huh. and you know, I love birthdays yes. and I love little gifts. And I had seen this pack of pens at the school bookstore. Yes. Cause you know, I love pens Yes, and you love pens. I have some pens to give you before yeah. you leave, oh, yeah. but they were $20. This pack of pens was $20 that I wanted. They were jelly rolls. Yeah, they were jelly rolls. And <laughs> we were sitting in class, and you popped those suckers out and gave them to me for a day. $20 was a lot of money <laughs> yeah, back then. And for those I probably still have them upstairs. Oh. Like, if they're not dried out. Yeah, when they dry yeah. out, I have to yeah, throw them sure, away. Yeah, sure, sure. But it meant so much to me because oh. college, $20 yeah. for a friend who just in class because she knew I loved the pen. Like, that meant a lot. Wow. And I still remember that to yeah. this day. Do you remember my memory of that class as I slept through the final? No. Yes. No way. I'd stayed up studying all night long. It was hard. And I got there and I woke up late and I 
got there. I ran in my pajamas. Uh-huh. And I That's parked. Like a bad dream. I parked on the <laughs> side of the road. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> which you can't do which in Athens. I just left my car. Yeah. And I ran in, and you went, hi. And you just waved from like oh, 10 minutes. Oh, And it was almost over. And the guy was like, no. you got 20 minutes. And I was like, you're very nice. I said, oh, you're gosh. showing me a lot of grace. <laughs> 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 but I remember the jelly roll fan too. Yeah, I loved having that class with you. That was oh so yeah, fun. we but had. Yes, fun. It's I mean, the only final I ever slept through. Probably in that class, late to oh. class in your pajamas. In my yeah. pajamas. That's a full on nightmare, yeah. right? Hey, but our notes looked darn good with yeah. those jelly roll. Yeah, they fans. did. Yeah, they did. They looked really good. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I mean, can't go wrong. That's right. Hey everybody, I'm Meredith Andrews, and the title of my new EP is Faith and Wonder. I also have a Christmas album called Receive Our King. And speaking of Christmas, one of my favorite Christmases was just a couple years ago when my family and I uh, got to spend our very first Christmas in Nashville as a family of five. Usually we're going um, between North Carolina and Louisiana just trying to see all our family, but we had made a point to stay home uh, for Christmas with our three kids on this particular Christmas and we flew in on Christmas Eve I think we landed probably about 5 o'clock that night the only thing that was open was Whole Foods which I was totally (laughs) fine with because that's my favorite place so we went to Whole Foods and we got like pizza from Whole Foods, and then we got a bunch of stuff from their hot bar. We came back to our house. We put out a quilt in front of the Christmas tree. We ate our pizza from Whole Foods in front of the Christmas tree, and we used the food that we got from the hot bar for our Christmas dinner the next day. (laughs) Like stayed in our PJs the whole time. And it was the best. It was just really sweet, you know, just having that time with us five. And even though we didn't have, like, this big elaborate, you know, traditional Christmas Eve or Christmas dinner, um, it will always be really special to me as as a mom for our first Christmas in Nashville just with my family. Hi, my name is David Platt, and uh, recently wrote Something Needs to Change. One of, one of our favorite Christmas traditions as a family is we have four kids uh, in the process of adopting number five, but we, uh, at the beginning of December, we have these jars, we call them giving jars, and for everything extra that the kids do, uh, just to help around the house or just to be kind to one another, whenever we see them doing anything particularly helpful, we'll give them money to put in their giving jars. And so they they accrue as much money as they can. It kind of turns in a little bit of a competition over uh, the month leading up to Christmas. And then on Christmas Day, we take some of the gift catalogs that are focused on uh yeah, just urgent needs around the world um, and opportunities to make the gospel and God's love known in the middle of them. And we'll go through those catalogs, and so they'll count out how much money they have, and then we'll go shopping for different things around. It's like the high, one of the highlights of Christmas for sure, and especially Christmas morning, just to see them like getting excited. And it was really funny. Our He's, he's now six, so it was last year when he was five, and uh, like we, <laughs> we were shopping in this catalog for like a goat, to give in this part of the world and he he actually thought he was going to get a goat like for <laughs> Christmas so anyway it was kind of a letdown for him uh, but then he was like oh that's great somebody else will get it but he really thought we had just shopped for a goat but it's it's been pretty awesome just to see them get like really excited about being able to to use what they've worked for in places far from where they are 
Hey, this is Mandisa. And one Christmas, there was a time where I didn't have enough money to go home to California. I was living in Nashville. And so I decided that that Christmas, I was going to spend it with just Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I got up that day. I didn't have anything fancy to eat, but I read the Gospels and the story of the birth of Jesus. And I don't want to sound like this deep well or anything, but there is something about the simplicity of recognizing what Christmas is all about that I've carried with me every Christmas after that. It really helped me to remember this really is about the birth of my Savior. And it may not have happened on December 25th, but something about that Christmas stayed with me and reminded me of what to keep the focus on every Christmas. Hi, my name is Lauren Holiday, and this is my favorite Christmas story. When I was about five or six years old, my mom had asked us all to write down what we wanted for Christmas. And I had just read the Polar Express. And so the only thing that I wanted was a bell from Santa's sleigh. And so now looking back on that, my mom was like, woohoo, hit the jackpot. (laughs) Um, But I truly believe that if, if you're familiar with the story, that if you didn't believe in Santa, then you would not hear the bell from Santa's sleigh, Mm -hmm. that it wouldn't work. Um, And so I, I ended up getting a bell from Santa's sleigh and for a good Three weeks, I think I rang the bell in front of everyone. And my family, of course, played along. Oh, my gosh. And my brother said he didn't believe, so he couldn't hear the bell. And my neighbor, I was ringing the bell because I knew he didn't believe. And he told me that he could still hear my stupid bell. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was how I found out that Santa wasn't real. But I did love my sleigh bell. I'm Beth McCord, your Enneagram coach, and I'm the author of Becoming Us and the Enneagram Collection, a book for each type to journal and to dive deep in. Um, My Christmas story, I went to Hawaii in 1986. Yes, I'm dating myself. I was 12 years old with my family, and one of my favorite memories uh, of being there was when we were at Maui, we had a little balcony in our hotel room, and I brought my little mattress out to the balcony and just laid out there and slept out on the balcony. Who does that in Christmas time, right? Like, you know, and I remember looking up at the stars because we were in Maui, there was really no other lights, especially at that time of night. And the vast stars was so awe-inspiring and captivating. It, one, made me feel very small, but yet very loved by God. Like he created all of this wonder and beauty. And so it was almost like this huge hug from him. Like, I've got you. Like, if I've done all of this, I have you. And that was even at age 12. And so I've always kind of kept that really dear to my heart, like outdoors and uh, uh, scenery um, really helps me to ground myself that one, I'm that important, but also he is the creator of all and the sustainer of all things. And so anyway, that's my Christmas story. What's up, fam? It's your boy, JP, author of Welcome to Adulting. And my favorite Christmas story, the first one that comes to mind is my parents, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, okay? And my, my parent, I wanted a bike. I wanted a transformer bike, specifically a transformer bike. Like, that's what I wanted. And what my parents did, evidently, I later found out, is they took my brother's bike and they spray painted it red and black. And I came out into the garage. They said, hey, there's one more present go to check it out in the garage. I went out there and I was just 
beside myself because they had found a transformer bike. <laughs> I guess because they had transformed my brother's bike into my bike. But it was painted, and I just was like, it's a Transformers bike. I was so excited. And uh, I loved that bike. I went everywhere, all over our little town on that bike. It was my primary mode of transportation. And as I kept driving it, the paint eventually started to flake off. See, my neighbors had told me that it was my brother's bike, and I was like, no way, and I was so upset and tried to fight them because they said that. But as I would continue to to ride it, the paint started flaking off, exposing my brother's old yellow bike underneath. Oh, and when I went out there and I was like, it's a Transformers bike, and I grabbed the the handlebars, uh, black got all over my hands because it was still wet. The paint was still wet. And they, they said, hey, it came from Santa's workshop. You know, it's fresh. And anyways, that's the first story that comes to mind, my Transformer bike. Hi, I'm Emily Lay. I'm the author of When Less Becomes More. And one of our favorite Christmas traditions is so low key. We have a snack dinner every Christmas Eve. And so we have our whole family over and everyone brings something and it's like the meatballs with the grape jelly and mustard and a Chick-fil-A platter and a fruit salad and everyone just brings something We sit around the fire and have dinner, our snack dinner, and then um, right before it's time for the kids to go to bed, we break out a very, very old version of The Night Before Christmas, and we pass the book around, and each person takes a turn reading a page. And it's always very cool, especially with little ones, because inevitably there is a new reader who you know has to have a little help reading and um it's so much fun and it's such just a nice low-key easy way for all of us to get together and celebrate christmas hey my name is latasha morrison and i am the author of be the bridge pursuing god's heart for racial reconciliation and my favorite christmas memory is that um Anything that has my grandmother in them. I've I've um, lost both of my grandmothers, and my grandmother loved Christmas. And so one of the things that I remember, my grandmother never came to our house because it, you would always go to grandmother's house. But on Christmas, every Christmas morning, my grandmother would visit her grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And so on Christmas morning, they would come. They wouldn't bring your gifts because you got to come get your gifts at their house. But they would come to see what their grandchildren had. Um, received and just sit there and just to having grandma in your house and not at her house. That was just really special for me. And my family gets together every Christmas and we've carried that on since her um, passing and my grandfather's alive. And so we do that, um, you know, every Christmas. And so that's the thing that I, I remember and her breaking, baking her sweet cakes. I tried to take the mantle of the cakes, but they made me give it up. So <laughs> let somebody else handle it. Let somebody else, a professional handle this, Tasha. I'm Suzanne Stabile and I'm the author of The Path Between Us. And uh, I'm married to a former Catholic priest. Uh, he married me and adopted my three children. And then we had a fourth. And he was a priest till he was 40. And our first Christmas together, we bought a scooter for our son. And Joe had to put it together with metric tools, and we didn't have any. So he ran out late and bought tools and brought them home and put the scooter together. But he had to go air it up. And he got to the station to air up the tires. And there were lots of women there who were trying to air up bicycle tires and such. and. He helped all of them. 
And uh, he didn't get home till 3.30 in the morning. Oh, my gracious. For people who don't know, Catholic priests who were the age of my husband, who were ordered priests, went to seminary at 14. And of course, they were celibate. So Joe went to seminary at 14. He was celibate until we married at 40. And the only time in all of our marriage that he's ever said these words was when he got in bed finally at four o'clock that morning. And he said, you know, celibacy wasn't that bad. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite Christmas stories. <laughs> that's so good. Hey, I'm Jennifer Rothschild, and I am the author of the Psalm 23 Bible study, The Shepherd with Me. And one of my favorite Christmas memories was the year that I set up the stockings on our mantle, and we have four brass um, stocking holders. Uh Okay. So it's N O E L, right? Right. Spells Noel. So I put them up in order. Of course, it was spelled correctly. I hung the stockings. Well, a few weeks later, I'm dusting the mantle. And even though I'm blind, I could tell that these were not in order. And so as I'm dusting, I'm feeling them. Uh L-E-O-N. <laughs> and I'm like, how many weeks has Leon been sitting on my mantle? It is just not what I expected for Christmas. I have two boys. I never have found out which one did it. But I just know that was the Christmas that Leon sat on my mantle. <laughs> So my name is Jonathan Pitts. I am the co-author of Emptied, Experiencing the Fullness of a Poured Out Marriage with my late wife, Winter. And uh, my Christmas memory is more of actually an experience and a tradition where the entire Evans family, my wife's family, gets together every year. We've done this for 15 years straight now um, at Dr. Evans, her uncle's house. And it's literally like 30 people piled on top of each other and not the biggest house in the world. And uh, we just eat a ton of food together and lay around and do nothing but be lazy on Christmas morning. And this year was the first year that I did it, or this past year was the first year I did it without winter. And although that was a little bit, not a little bit, a lot sad, I still have that family. And God's actually put me into a family and I'm reminded of that every Christmas. Hi, I'm Pam Tebow and I wrote Ripple Effects because I believe that all of us have the opportunity to impact the lives of other people in an incredible way. And one of the most fun memories of Christmas was in 1985. It was our first Christmas in the Philippines. And my husband had gone on a very long boat ride um, to another island to preach. And he left our family in the home of some wonderful Filipinos who treated us so well, but everything was strange to us. And we had a different language and culture and food and challenges. I had four little kids. The youngest was a baby and we had no, um, no hot water for a little baby in diapers and no washing machine and lots of challenges while my husband was away. And we prayed and we really counted on the Lord to find a house for us. So while we were waiting on the Lord, he prompted a businessman to rent us a home. But it's another story that we found out later on that he did not want to rent his home to us. And his wife, who lived on another island, she had a dream and she believed that God was telling her to tell him, you have to rent to these American missionaries. They had become Christians by reading a Gideon Bible in a hotel room. And it's such a great story. And they went to America and they saw our wonderful American bathroom and they came back and they added one to their home. Now this was a mother who had been taking cold bucket baths and washing her baby in cold water and his diapers in cold water and all my little kids and 
my husband was still gone and we went to look at this home. And like I said, that the Lord prompted his wife to prompt him. You have to rent to these American missionaries. So it was so much better than we had even dreamed. And we walked through the home and the very last room I saw was the American bathroom that he had added on. The only bathtub in the whole area was in that bathroom. And there was one little place in that bathtub that they had hot water. And I just couldn't believe it. I just broke down in tears. I didn't need to see anything else. We knew it was that home that God had provided. And we're so overwhelmed with the grace of God. So we went back to um, our little Filipino home and packed her stuff and moved into the home. My husband came back this very long boat ride. The Dole Plantation people had delivered a Christmas tree to our home. We bought some gifts and we decorated with, you know, just the, the local ornaments. And he walked into our home the day before Christmas. And we just saw, felt like it was the most amazing Christmas ever because God had been so gracious to us. And we saw what Christmas really meant, the love of God, you know, demonstrated, of course, on that first Christmas by sending Jesus, but to us, to take care of us and our little missionary family so far from home without any contact. You know, now people have contact, but we had no contact with family and friends. There we were all by ourselves, but God saw us and he took care of us. It was the best Christmas ever, the best Christmas ever. We just... We all remember that as being our favorite Christmas. I'm Priscilla Shire, the author of Radiant. And one of my favorite Christmas uh, memories, actually, that's still a part of our Christmas tradition, is that when we were growing up, my dad would sit us all around the Christmas tree. And before we could open any gifts, he would just share a five, seven, eight minute little devotional about the story of Christmas and who Jesus is to us. And the reason why that's so important to me is because he still does it to this day. He sits down with the four of us, all of our children. So there are about 15 grandkids, three great grandkids, and the four of us kids. We all crowd into my parents' very, very small living room, the same home where they raised us. And my dad gives the Christmas story and shares a word about the love of Jesus to all of his family. And the beauty of that brings tears to my eyes, not just because it's such a fun moment, but because to watch my dad have that much faithfulness over the course of 40, almost 50 years now, doing the same thing for his family, it's a beautiful picture of the faithfulness and grace of God. I'm Jamie Golden. I am the host of the podcast with Knox and Jamie. And one of my favorite Christmas memories is actually when I was an adult and I had nieces and nephews who were little, but I was going through a phase where I was really about like the meaningful gifts. And so I decided that for my nieces and nephews, instead of getting them the stuffed animals that they wanted or the toys they wanted, that I would give money in their names uh, for goats um, in another country through Heifer International. And uh, when that morning I then presented them with their very exciting toy-like cards with a picture of the goat, uh, my niece Ashlyn began to wail um, um, and could not be consoled because she did not know where the goat was. Did we kill the goat? Why is the goat not under the tree? And it was a delight. And so I learned, guess what? People like gifts, not money given in their name. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lyons, author of Rhythms of Renewal. 
One of our favorite Christmas memories is just this last Christmas. We had a hashtag called Bring Joy Home for Christmas, and we did that. We went to China, Gabe and I. We adopted her. Gotcha Day was December 3rd, and within two weeks, we arrived back home December 15th, 10 days before Christmas. And we had about, I don't know, 30 people greeting us at the bottom of the escalators at the airport with banners and signs and bubbles, and it was almost midnight, so they were like amazing troopers. And it was Joy's entree. And Joy, even in one of the airports in Detroit right before that, there were carolers, they were passing out candy. She's like, what is this America? Like, <laughs> where have you been? And so when we got her home, there was a tree up and she, it was how she just got to meet her family and her siblings. And that Christmas, we got her some dolls. I think I got her a tricycle. She really just wanted to play with a box. Like, truly, she got inside the box and, like, put her dolls and babies to bed in the box. And it just reminded me that it literally is the simple things. And that whole Christmas break, she would sing on our karaoke machine in the living room with a disco ball attached. She would sing just whatever songs, Let It Go, and then some Jingle Bells and Silent Night with Cade. So our favorite memories are just piled around the tree um, on the couch in our PJs. And that I'll never forget her very first Christmas at home. Hey friends, this is Amy Bird, Lifeway Girls author of City of Lions, a study on Daniel and Worthy Vessel, a study on 2 Timothy, great for 5th through 12th grade girls. I am here to share with you my favorite Christmas memory, and I had a hard time picking out one in particular, but as a child, I really remember the mornings that my dad would get up really early before the rest of us and set up the camcorder, turn on the Bing Crosby Christmas, make sure that breakfast was ready to go and tell us right when we were allowed to come downstairs to see what Santa Claus had brought us. Um, this is our first Christmas since daddy passed away in February, and those memories are so precious to us now. It's also our first Christmas with my twin boys that are nine months old, so we are really excited to make new memories. But I'm praying that you all enjoy this Christmas, um, that you have a Merry Christmas, and that I see you guys soon. My name is Shannon Sedgwick Davis. I'm the author of To Stop a Warlord. And my favorite Christmas memory is of my grandmother, Oma, my German grandmother. And she, every Christmas, would bring a red cardinal and place it, it's the centerpiece, and would place it in the middle of our table. And uh, in my book, I talk about losing her. It was a devastating time for me. I lost her several years ago. We were very close. And ever since she's been gone, there is a red cardinal that I spot at least three or four times a week. No way. Just out in nature. Just out in nature. Yeah. And I just know. Yeah. I'm Robin Jones-Gunn, the author of Becoming Us, the first book in the Haven Maker series. And my favorite Christmas memory is a recent one. It's when the Father Christmas books were turned into Hallmark Christmas movies. And I got to be at home with some of my closest family and friends, and we turned on the TV. And if we watching the Hallmark Channel at Christmas with the Hallmark movie, yeah. the music begins, and it says, based on a novel by Robin Jones Gunn, and then this wonderful story with Aaron Krako and Nile Matter and, and Wendy Malick, and they just did such a great job. It was the first time I had seen the movie all put together. And that just felt like it was this bringing together of my family to 
have a once in a lifetime experience to to see a book made into a movie, but it was all the ways that we got to laugh together and be together in that moment. So that was a big celebration. My name is Jessica Mack, and my favorite Christmas memory was actually this most recent Christmas. Um, I went home, and my dad had created this Jeopardy game mm-hmm. for all of us kids and our our husbands and wives. And it was a very unexpected, extravagant thing that my dad did to make us all have fun together. And I'll never forget it. We had like these Nerf guns that we had to shoot into this wreath and then you get the question. And it was very, like when I say extravagant, I mean very extravagant. That's so so fun. It was super fun. Yeah. Hey, I'm Kevin from uh, HeyDad.com and the HeyDad podcast. And uh, when I was three years old, um, I, yeah, it was actually one of my earliest memories. I, we were staying at my aunt's house and uh, I had a couple of older cousins that were like four or five, six, kind of right in that range. And then some younger ones too. And I think we were all sleeping in the same room. And so therefore not sleeping because right. first of all, it's Christmas Eve. Second of all, there's all these fun people in the room with me. Third of all, in the eighties, you didn't melatonin your kids. Yeah. And I still, to be clear, never, ever do that now, despite what you may have heard. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I you didn't melatonin your kids, but you probably like whiskeyed them or something, right? It was probably worse. Right. Anyway, so I remember getting up to go to the bathroom because fun fact about Kevin Matson, I went to bed till I was like legitimately twelve. Oh, bless your <laughs> like heart. much too old. Like oh, I'm starting to go through puberty. Maybe at some point I'm going to stop wetting the bed. Yeah. One would hope. Anyway, so my parents would like always remind me to go to the bathroom, and like as soon as you feel, you know, and they would wake me up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. A lot oh. of good stories about peeing in weird places in my house. Anyway. I get up to go to the bathroom. As I get up to go to the bathroom, I walk down the hallway and I see that they are wrapping presents. And I guess at this point in our life, the presents all just magically appeared Christmas morning and they were telling us they were all from Santa. That's the only way the story makes sense in my head is that that's how it worked. So I saw them wrapping presents. I made no noise. I immediately put a lot of things together, went to the bathroom, went back, woke up my older cousins, turned the light on in the room and said, guys, I have some news for you. I'm three. I said, Santa's not real. I have the evidence. Probably didn't say those words, but I said, come with me. And we all came out and my cousin broke down. It was a whole big thing. My amazing parents and aunts and uncles are like staying up late to wrap presents and I am coming and ruining Christmas. And then they have to spin some yarn about they got some of them delivered early. I don't remember what they did, but I remember in that moment being like, figured it out. So you anyway, Christmas for your whole family. Yeah, not just the kids, turns out. Ev- everybody. <laughs> and hopefully, maybe, if you're listening to this podcast with your kids, I just ruined it for your kids, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to give two parental warnings with you Merry, on the show. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>